the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Well, hello and warmest Christian greetings. Holidays are upon us. And what an exciting time to grow in our relationship with the Lord through prayer. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. Today, there are two important parts of this lesson. First, we're going to talk about how Jesus won in prayer because you were born to win and God has never planned any defeat for you. The second part of this message I'm going to teach you a form of prayer that will open the portals of heaven over your life for miracles and blessings to flow in 2019 over you, your family, your business for blessings to flow into your life. This prayer must begin before the year opens because these prayers are for 2019. This is so exciting. And years gone by, I have taught this so many times. I've taught it over and over again And just receive thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the results that people see. This is quite an adventure that we're on. The message for today is one of the names of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Today we'll discover how to win the victory in any situation that you face. Because his name tells us we're never alone. For God is with us. Therefore, loneliness despair, lack in your life. God sent me with a message. You can win in life's challenging circumstances. God never planned any defeat for you, child of God. Through these lessons, God is restoring hope to so many of his children. And Isaiah, he said this, he said, I'll make the crooked path straight. That's saying, even if you've made a mistake and gone down the wrong path, I'm going to fix it. Or maybe you were on the right path and challenges seem overwhelming. Well, by making the crooked path straight, he's saying, I'm going to fix that for you too. Well, before we begin, let's start with prayer. Oh, Father, who rules the heavens and the earth, thou art God. There is no one who can compare to you. Others have gods, but they speak not. They have ears, but they hear not. 
They pray to them and seek blessings, but they receive nothing from them, for they are mere idols, statues, who have no power to bless or to redeem their soul. But you, O Father, in your infinite wisdom, sent Christ, born of a virgin, to redeem our souls. You, Daddy, have empowered us through Christ Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Enlighten us, O Lord, today. In the name of all things holy and pure, Christ our Lord, amen. The holidays celebrating Christ's birth is upon us. This is the time of year. We're at the threshold of the opening, the coming of a new year. The birth of the Savior brought new hope to those who received him. Does he bring new hope to you this holiday season? The celebration of his birth reminds us not only to worship, but it gives us the opportunity to ascend to a new level, to understand his infinite power, to transform our lives through worship and communion. 2019 is the year of communion for God's children. That's what the Lord told me. 2019, the year of communion. The year God wants you to see mighty answers through prayer. It's time to ascend to a new level of prayer, for your prayers to soar to new heights, for you to release the old beliefs about prayer and step into a dynamic new dimension, taking the limitations off of God. God wants to empower you. I want to ask you a question. How does this scripture relate to you right now? For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government will rest upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Well, we know he is wonderful, a counselor, a mighty God, forever the Father. He is the ruler of peace. He rules, and there is no end to his rule. And no end to the peace that he brings. He has promised you peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. What are you facing right now? The Prince of Peace has an answer for you through prayer. Communion. 2019. The year of communion for God's children. Communion with the Prince of Peace will bring you to a new place. I invite you to step into a new relationship and experience answers in prayer as never before. Emmanuel, God with us. This scripture is foundational for anyone who's going to the next level of prayer. Once it gets down into your spirit that God is with you, when trouble arises, you can face anything because you know that God is truly present with you. I want to share an event with you in my life that truly challenged what I know. I call this the challenge of all challenges. My children's father, my husband, was in the hospital, and he was expecting to come home. Well, but suddenly he turned for the worse. I'm going to tell you what happened. I was scheduled to go out of town, and he was in the hospital at that time. And, you know, the time came up for me to go out of town, and I said 
to him, I'm not going to go out of town, you know, I better not. I'm concerned about you being in the hospital. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. Remember, I'm getting out in just a couple of days. They're just running some tests, and I'm fine. Go ahead, Val. Take the boys to your mom to get their vacation started, their summer vacation. I'm okay. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, I'm fine, Val. Go ahead. I said, okay, okay, if you're sure. He said, yeah, they're just running some tests. I'm fine. I said, okay. So our oldest son was going to pick him up and bring him home from the hospital. Okay, I took the two younger sons and went off to my mom's to start their summer vacation, and he was going to join us. Well, the two youngest kids and I, we headed out of town, and I talked to him for the next day or so, and he's still at the hospital. Oh, they're just running some tests. You know how that is. Okay, okay. He explained this to me. Well, the next morning, I got a phone call from the hospital, and the doctor was on the phone, and he introduced himself. He was a different doctor. He said, Mrs. Sneed. He said, there's something wrong with Mr. Sneed. And I think you need to return to Houston. He explained, he said, we're not sure what's going on, but there's a problem. He said he's alert and he's awake. You know, he said, but his blood sugar and his blood pressure are all over the place. He said, I think you need to return. I told him, okay, I will. I'll be there immediately. I'll be on the next flight. Well, shortly after that, I'm getting my bags packed and a nurse calls. And I go to the phone, and, and she's like, this is going on with Mr. Sneed. And I'm like, yes, yes, I talked to the doctor, and I'm on the next flight out of here. I'll be there. I get in the car. Some of my relatives are taking us to the airport. I'm in the car, and we're racing for the airport. And I get to the airport, and just as I'm about to get out the car, another nurse calls. And she says, Mrs. Sneed, Mr. Sneed just took a turn for the worse. And I said, he what? She said, he just took a turn for the worse. He's in a coma. And I said, oh, my God. I said, oh, my goodness. Just listen, I need you to just sustain him. I am getting out of this car right now. I'm getting on the flight. Please, I'm begging you. Do everything you can. Sustain him until I arrive. I am begging you. Please, just keep him alive until I get there. She said, Mrs. Sneed, please hurry. We will sustain Mr. Sneed. Just please hurry. I got out of the car. I run to the ticket counter. The lady at the ticket counter says, I'm sorry, you know, I, I think you just missed that flight. I mean, I heard them boarding. They called the last boarding, and you may have missed it. I said, my husband is in a coma in Houston, and I need to get on that flight. Please, can you radio the plane? She said, okay, let me try to radio him. So she radios the plane, and they agree to hold the plane. And she says, I'll take you down there to the plane. And I'm saying, no, 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 just tell me which way. Just tell me which way. And she tells me which way to go. And I'm running through the airport. I mean, I'm, I'm flying. I'm tearing up running through the airport. And, you know, I could just see people just looking at me and everybody stopping and I'm tearing through the airport. It didn't matter. Didn't matter what anybody thought or what anybody was doing. I get to the door of the plane and I remember the stewardess, you know, the door is just a little bit open. Just as I reach towards the plane, she opens the door. She says, Mrs. Sneed, And I said, yes. She said, come on, hurry, hurry. We've been waiting for you. And as as I entered the plane, I'm saying, thank you. Thank you so much. And I hear her say, we have her. We have her. We've got her now. Mrs. Sneed is on the plane. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, thank you so much. It seems as though God put an angel in every place that I needed an angel that day to stand beside people to do what I needed to have done. Well, I got on that plane and I communed with God. I prayed the 91st Psalm and I cried out to God. I prayed the 8th Psalm, the 21st Psalm. I prayed the Lord's Prayer, and I cried out to God from the depth of my soul. Well, I arrived in Houston. My brother picked me up from the airport, and we're speeding to Methodist Hospital in the medical center. I ran through the corridors of the hospital. 
And when I got to his bedside, I'm standing there, you know, and I'm making a long story short, and I began to pray. And as I'm praying, a beam of light, I remember there was a, a window just across the way in the room, and a beam of light came through the window, and it was like a half rainbow. And on that beam of light, an angel, like a cherub, one like a small child, well, they began to tumble, tumble, tumble down that beam of light. And before it hit the floor, it disappeared. And I'm looking like, oh, my goodness. And then another one began to tumble, tumble, tumble down this beam of light. And before it hit the floor, it disappeared. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, the angels are here. The angels are present here. Oh, my goodness. It's like it was just it was just so beautiful. It's, I just thought, what a beautiful vision. Well, shortly after that, he came out of a coma. When we came out of a coma and he got well and he went home. But I want to ask you a question. Where was the battle won for his life? Was it won at his bedside? Was it won as I ran through the airport? Was it won when I boarded the plane? Was it one in the car as we sped towards the medical center? No, no, not at all. It was one in communion in prayer on that three and a half hour flight to Houston. I couldn't call the hospital. I couldn't get a word from a doctor or a nurse if he was dead or alive. I had to commune with God. No man or no woman could help me. I took out my Bible on that plane and I promise you, That plane became my sanctuary. I cannot describe the presence of God that fell upon me as I prayed. As I reached for my daddy, God reached for me. One with the Father in prayer, a peace, and assured me that my husband was alive. As that Southwest Airlines flight turned towards Houston and the plane flew across the country, All I could see occasionally as I glanced out the windows was clouds as I prayed. You see, Emmanuel, God with us, that's what I knew. I had full confidence that when I arrived, that he would be alive. And I knew if I could just get to my husband, if I could just lay hands on him, that he would come out of a coma. And there was no doubt in my heart. Why? Why didn't I doubt? How did I know I could call on God? And that he would answer. I said, how did I know? What gave me this great confidence at my darkest hour? The Bible says this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is 1 John five fourteen and 15. Verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us. No, wait. We better stop right there because it said, if we know, because if we don't know that he hears us, then we might as well roll over and go on back to sleep because there is no use in asking anything. If we don't know that he hears us whatsoever, we ask, we know that he hears us. And then we know we have the petitions that we desire of him. Listen, you must know when you pray that he hears you. We must know this in our hearts. And once we do, then anything is impossible. Communion is your place of victory. In communion with God, we receive answers to prayers and instructions. 
Jesus' life was a consistent life of continuous communion with the Father. The Bible shows him early, before anyone else, in prayer alone. He would go into the temple. He would commune with God. And he would receive direction from him. Because Jesus, before he went before great crowds, he spent time alone in prayer. God must have shown him great things. Because he said this in John five nineteen. Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Before Jesus went on any great crusade to heal, before he went out before any great multitude, he took the victory on his knees, on his knees in prayer. Then he went to do the great works of God. He received instructions in prayer. He said, whatever the son sees the father doing, that's what the son does. Jesus won before he ever prayed and laid hands on anyone. He won before he touched anyone. He had already won. And the disciples saw this sequence of events in his life. Jesus was in the temple early before anybody else prayed. In the garden, he was there often at the Mount of Olives, communing with the Father. Your victory is in communion and knowing who he is, Emmanuel, God with us. Win the battle in prayer, then step out and take action. And any action you take must be what God has given you in prayer. For the battle will be won in prayer. It's not won when you're in the situation. It's won on your knees. It was won on that plane. That's when I won. It was won when God gave me instructions, get to the hospital. He let me know on that plane. When you get there, lay hands on him and pray. And I'm going to restore him. And I'm going to raise him up. And he's going to live. You see, we must take the victory on our knees. And we have to take the limitations off of God. We must become dwellers in the secret place, not tourists. Tourists visit, dwellers dwell. We must ask big and mighty deeds of God and believe in him without limitations, looking to him with expectations that he will answer with mighty acts too numerous to tell. There's a silver lining in all of this. Emmanuel, God with us. As we step into 2019, this year you will pray extraordinary prayers, defeating the powers of darkness because you know that he hears you. In the last two weeks, we talked about defeating the powers of darkness. We talked about stepping into the miraculous, taking the faith challenge. Remember? Well, we're doing this prayer until January 6th or 7th. Now, there have been years when I continued the whole year during this same prayer. But, you know, it was always taught to do it until January 6th or 7th. But if you're like me, I'll go all the way. We're going to step into the miraculous. Remember, we're reading nine to 10 minutes at night. We're reading somewhere in the Bible about the miraculous birth of Christ. See, we're stepping into miracles. So it gets down in our spirit. Remember, we're taking nine to 10 minutes before bedtime. You're not going to be a minute late. You're going to set a time. You're going to repent if needed. Remember, and you're going to forgive, 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 because unforgiveness grounds your prayers and will rend them powerless. Then you're going to sing a worship song. 
something beautiful, silent night away in the manger, some spiritual song, right? And you're going to read scriptures about the prophecy of Christ's birth or about the birth, Matthew 118, Luke 146, Mary is praising God, you know? Now we're going to add on to this prayer. Genesis 13, 17, the Bible says this, arise, walk through the land, walk the length of it and the breadth of it, and I will give it to you. God is telling Abram, walk the land, and I'm going to give this land to you. So after reading these scriptures every night, now you're going to step to the next level. You're going to walk through your house, praying, communing with God. Now, if your house is two stories, if you'd like, you can only walk the first story. It's up to you. Invite the presence of God to come into your home and dwell. Invite the Holy Spirit to dwell there. Read Psalms 91 as you walk through the house. Commune with your father, child of God. Call out Jesus' name. Pray protection. Ask God to prosper your household. Pray that all your bills are paid and every debt is canceled. And at the end of the month, there's more left over that you may store up for the future. Mention to God that your cupboards will never be bare. Pray this, that your house is a house of plenty. This is a house founded upon the rock, Christ. Pray for your children, your marriage, your nieces and nephews, calling up the names of God before the Lord. You will see an outpouring of blessings come into your life. Emmanuel, God is truly with us. When you begin to pray this way, I'm telling you, you're going to step into 2019 and you're going to wonder what hit you. (laughs) You're going to just say, oh, my goodness, there's so many blessings. My children are grown. And they want to make sure, Mother, are you praying those prayers this year? They want to make sure. They get excited when they know I'm praying these prayers. You see, because we begin almost at the close of the year, but yet the year has not opened. And then we cross the threshold with these prayers over into the new year. So you've crossed over into 2019. What are you expecting God to do when you pray like this? Remember where all your battles are won? Your battles are won. Not when you get in the courtroom, attorney. Not when you're in the surgery room, doctor. Not when you have to go into take a college exam, student. (laughs) Not when you have to go into the corporate executive room executive and give a speech. Not when you have to fly across the country and speak in the front of the Senate. That's not where the victory is won. The victory is won in prayer. The victory is won in the secret place. That's where you win the victory. That's where you fight the battle. See, then when you step out on the front line, you know in your heart that you've won the victory. How is it that you know in your heart? Because you know what the scripture says. We know that he hears us. And because we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we ask him for. If you're waiting on God to do something and he hasn't done it, I'm telling you, continue to pray. Because if you ask him to do something and if you prevail in prayer and you're in faith believing, God is going to move on your behalf. This is not the day any longer for you to be defeated. This is a day for you to take the victory. And God's bringing this message to you today. Because he wants to do powerful things through your prayers. He wants you to see answers to dreams that have gone dead. He wants to bring life back and bring hope back to his people. He wants you to know that you have power. 
He wants you to know that you can shake evil out of its dwelling place. And he's a God that has never changed. He's the same God that won the battles for David. He's that same God. But you have power. But you have to know that he hears you. And when you place your petitions before him, you'll place them in confidence. And you will pray and persevere in prayer, knowing that the answer is coming. For one moment, not for one moment on that plane did I give up in prayer. Not for one moment did I sit there wishing I could talk to a doctor or a nurse. Because I knew in my heart one thing. I knew that he heard me. And I knew that if he heard me, I'd have the petitions that I asked him for. And I was asking him for life. I was asking him to sustain him. I gave the hospital my request, but I took, I took the request to the Lord on my knees because I knew that he heard me. You have to know in your heart that he hears you and that he's never changed. Ecclesiastics 3.14 tells us that whatever God does is eternal. Whatever he does is eternal. Ecclesiastics 3.14. You've got to know in your heart that he hears you. And don't ever let that go. You have power in prayer. I'm Valerie Sneed. Prayers heard in heaven. Teaching God's people. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.